Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Awesome. For those of you that don't know me, uh, I'm Justin. I'm so excited to be here tonight. Not because I'm really all that important, or even the words I say are all that important, but because I know that we all serve a God uh, that is great and powerful and is a joy in my life. Uh, For you guys, I just want to encourage you. I don't want you to miss what we're doing here tonight. Uh, I don't want you to leave and go to the bathroom and hang out in the hallway or whatever. Like, please, just be with us in this moment. Don't miss it. Stay here. Buckle up. We're going to have lots of fun together. Um, Tonight, I'm going to talk about fear. Okay? It's not something I really like to talk about. It's not really something I like to admit that I have fears. I like to be macho. Show no weakness. But... I have a fear of heights, and that my stomach sinks, I don't like the feeling, you look out and you're like, mm, I don't like this, going back down to the ground, okay? I have a fear of heights. So a couple weeks ago, when our high school students went to student life camp, uh, we were at Liberty University, and right in the middle of the university campus, they have the Freedom Tower. It's 15 stories tall, it is the tallest building in the city of Lynchburg, And the students, the guys are like, oh man, we want to go up there and and look, because you can see the campus, you can see the Blue Ridge Mountains, the whole city of Lynchburg. You should come with us. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be great. Loving it. Get up to the top, we're riding the elevator all the way up. If you get to the observation deck, you get in another elevator to go even further up to the very tippy top uh, where you have that observation deck where you can see out and everything. I, I get out there, and they're like, oh man, this is cool. It was, it was cool, but the barrier where, where you stand on the 15th story, where over there is air and then ground. The only thing separating me from the ground was a pane of glass, okay? Now, to be fair, it's like reinforced glass, some scientists and engineers made that strong, but it's see-through and I don't trust it. I'm up here, my stomach sinks, because out there is the ground. I come up to the edge, and I just like inch closer and closer. Yep, this is good. You guys have fun. Took a selfie, took it selfie style, because you know, it's the cool thing. Turn around, so that I'm over here, and there at the edge, and we take the picture. I have a fear of heights. But, if we're all honest, if we're honest with ourselves, We all have a fear of something. For you, it may be heights. It could be a a physical thing like spiders or snakes. It could be something that that isn't even physical. You could have a, a fear of failure that you won't measure up to the pressure put on you by your parents, your friends, society. You're not gonna measure up and you'll fail and people will see you do it. If we're honest, we all have a fear of something. Tonight I'm going to share with you about some of my times of, of fear, share a little bit, little bit about what my life looked like. But no matter where you are, if you came from a really broken family like mine was, or you came from a really great family, or somewhere in between, no matter where you are, this truth, what I want everyone to know Tonight is this truth rings the same no matter where you are. And that truth is, in our fearfulness, 
God is persistent in his faithfulness. In the midst of our fear and our fearfulness, God is persistent in his faithfulness. In my broken family, I would hear at church about how God is a good, good father, and then I would go home and I would try to imagine what a good, good father is by looking at my earthly father, the biological father, the one who gave, or the, yeah, my earthly father. I would look to him for some faithfulness. But I didn't get it. I remember so specifically a time when I looked to my dad for faithfulness, for him to come along my side, to have my back, but he didn't. When I was about your age, I was a sixth grader. My stepmom was physically abusive to me. It wasn't repeated, it was only one instance. But I remember as I'm bleeding out, bleeding all over my clothes and the carpet, and I looked to my father for faithfulness, to know that my dad has got my back because I'm scared. I'm in the midst of fear. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I did. I didn't see that faithfulness in my dad. Instead, he took my stepmom's side. He grabbed me by the leg, still bleeding on the carpet, down the stairs, out the front door, into our front lawn, and said, you have to leave. In the midst of one of my darkest days, in the midst of my fear, I needed faithfulness. We all need that faithfulness in the midst of that. And I desired for someone to come along my side, say, I got your back, but I didn't. And even still, that wasn't even the last time my dad kicked me out. My parents got divorced when I was really young. There was no faithfulness in that marriage. And going back and forth between my parents' houses, friends' houses, it got to a point where even my senior year of high school, I would couch surf, like go from house to house to house. Hey, I don't, I don't have somewhere to sleep tonight. Can I sleep on your couch? I didn't have a place to call my own. There's no one I felt that had my back. I was desiring that faithfulness. There was someone that was going to be there with me. And even though in the midst of my darkest day, in the midst of my fear, even though I didn't see it at the time, I can look back and remember this truth and know that it is true that in our fearfulness, God is persistent in his faithfulness. Scripture shows us this. First, I want to look together at Hebrews 13, 8. I love this verse. I love speaking it over my life and others, how true it rings. It says this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The the truth of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the truth about our heavenly Father is that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, the same power that came down to earth as a man, took on our sin, even though he had never sinned. 
died on the cross and rose again so that we can have a way to get to heaven, to be with our heavenly father. He is persistently faithful to be the same, the same power that defeated sin, the same love that did it willingly is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever. Tonight, I I want you to look at the joy that there is in knowing that truth that Scripture tells us. That there is so much joy in knowing about God's persistence in that. That we serve a God that loves us so much. The, The peace that comes from knowing that our God is never changing. When everything else around us is changing, when we're in our fear, God is never changing. He is persistent in his faithfulness and that peace can wash over us. Because that gospel message is that he's not against us, but God is for us. Scripture also shows us this truth uh, in Philippians 1.16. It says this, being confident of this, that he who began a great work, being confident, so overjoyed, so excited about what God is doing that you're so excited that you tell people about, being confident of this, that he who began a great work, who, who began a good work when someone invited you to church or, or you came with your parents, who began a great work when you invited Christ to be your Lord and Savior and became a Christian, who began a great work the first time you came to a student ministry event. The God who started all that will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not gonna leave you where you are. In the midst of your fear, you won't stay there when we can look to Christ, when we can look to our God and know that when he starts that good work in our lives, he'll carry it on to completion. That persistence of his faithfulness. I've seen that a little bit in my life too. As many of you know, I joined uh, River Oak Church after I met a lot of you guys at Watermark's camp when you guys came last summer. But that was my third summer being there at Watermark's. And I came in to that summer having just moved from Seattle, Washington, starting a whole new chapter of my life, not knowing what was going to happen, what I was going to do. I came into that summer praying, God, God, show me your will, what you have for my life. God, what is next? Because at that point in my life, there was another point of fear. I feared the future. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was, was going to happen, where I was going to live, where I was going to work so I could have money to have a, a house over my head and food to eat. I didn't know what was coming next, and I prayed, God, please show me what your will is. Because even though I feared the future, I knew that whatever my future, my choices, would never measure up to what God's will and God's plan was for me. I I prayed that at the beginning, and then camps happened. And all the the crazy fun, all the stuff that's happening, I kind of forgot about it. And then after that first week of camp, towards the end, 
unprompted. I hadn't made any conversations with this guy. He comes up to me as a youth pastor to say, Justin, what are you doing at the rest of your life? I was like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out. That's what I want to do with this summer. And without skipping a beat, immediately what he said to me is, I think you should consider doing ministry. I kind of stepped back. I, I hadn't considered that. Uh, that wasn't on my radar at all. It was weird. I said, oh, cool, thanks. And the next week comes along, and again, I kind of forgot about it. All the activities, all the fun of camp, I just kind of moved on. Second week, the group there was a group of churches um, that were from Anglican churches, and so the, they have priests in Anglican churches, so priest walks up to me and is collared, the get up, everything. says, hey, Justin, Remember, I maybe had one conversation with this Anglican priest, and he says, hey, Justin, what are you doing at the rest of your life? I think you should consider doing ministry. Deja vu. I've heard this before. What's happening? What is this guy even talking about? How does he know me? This is weird. The third week of camp comes along towards the end of the week. I'm in the tech booth getting ready for service. Baptist preacher comes in the tech booth. I think he's going to talk to me about the service. But if you're kind of catching on to this story, he walks up to me and he says, Hey, Justin, what are you doing with the rest of your life? And he says, I think you should consider doing ministry. After that night, after third times, three is my lucky number, born on November 3rd. After that third time, I was like, this is weird. I think maybe God's trying to tell me something here. So week four, I took some vacation. I, I met with my mentor, Pastor Greg McCormick. He's, a, he's an awesome guy at Woodland Church in uh, Nelson County, Virginia. And I told him this story, and he kind of stops me, and he says, Hey, Justin, I think God's trying to tell you something, and that it's, you should consider doing ministry. <laughs> All right. And then I went into week five, but I was still kind of at a point of fear of the future. I understood what God was calling me to do. He had made that clear three times. I understood what he was calling me to do, what his path, what his purpose was for me to do, but I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know everything that it entailed. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I was nervous, how am I gonna do this? And I again was at a point of fear of the future. And, and I think, in fact, I'm certain God knew that about me, that I was in that fear, because week five, remember I took four, week four off for vacation, he sent two to make up for that week that I missed, two different youth pastors at two different meals, and they didn't talk to each other in between, and they both said, hey, Justin, what are you doing at the rest of your life? I think you should consider doing ministry. Over the course of that summer, eight different men that were doing ministry full-time were obedient to what God was giving them to say. They were obedient to how the Holy Spirit was moving in their life to communicate to me in the midst of my fear of the future that God was going to be persistent in his faithfulness. That it didn't matter that I didn't know what I was doing. It didn't matter that I didn't know how I was going to do ministry because it's not about what I do. It's about what God is going to do through me. That God is, was persistent in his faithfulness to come alongside me and say, Justin, 
Don't worry, I've got your back. In fact, I've got it all. I got a glimpse, I got an image of the persistence of God's faithfulness in that. For you guys, as middle schoolers, odds are God's not going to communicate to you in the same way he did me, not going to send you eight different random pastors to tell you the same thing over and over again. God, this is God's plan for you. But I will point out that God has sent at least one man uh, in ministry to tell you what God's plan is. Pastor Caleb, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, that maybe you should be listening when he's, when he's teaching. There are several ways that God's going to communicate that to you. And then there's at least one here dedicated to telling you about God and about what he's doing. But another huge way that God is going to communicate to you, he's going to share with you his persistent faithfulness. When we're fearing, when we don't know what to do, God has already given us scripture, his holy inspired word that we have access to more than any generation ever on this earth. I know I have three different copies of the Bible on my desk when I'm studying for lessons. That even if I'm not at my desk, on my phone, there's 200 translations to languages I didn't know were languages. There's so much access to scripture. Even here at the church, we have free Bibles. We say, if you don't have one at home, we believe in in what this book has to say about who God is and about who you are in him. We want this to be a free gift. You take it home. But listen, you need to be obedient and read it. If I just let those three Bibles on my desk sit there, they're not going to do anything. If God's trying to communicate to you in the midst of your fear, his persistent faithfulness, we have to be obedient and read the scripture. Not just in your Sunday school group when everyone gets handed one and your teacher makes you read out loud, but consistently be reading his scripture. That he is communicating to you a special message just for you, how much he loves you and cares for you and showing his persistent faithfulness. And yet another way that God's gonna communicate to you is through testimonies. Our series, Spill the Tea, the tea that we want you to spill isn't like what everyone else is spilling tea, some gossip and nonsense about whatever's going on, but your testimony, sharing with someone, this is who God is, This is what he's doing in my life, and this is what he can do in your life, too. He's going to communicate to you through other people's testimonies, and he's going to communicate to other people through your testimony, if you would just be obedient and share that. Scripture is going to back this one up, too. Another one that I get really excited about, James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4 says this, consider it pure joy. Get excited about it. So excited that you tell people. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, whenever you're in the midst of your fear, whatever it is, many kinds of fear, in the midst of it, when you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith produces perseverance produces steadfastness, produces faithfulness. 
let perseverance, let steadfastness, let faithfulness, what God is doing in your life to show you that he has got your back, that he is by your side through it all, let that perseverance finish its work. Be obedient when God shares something to you. Let it finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. In the midst of your fear, God's going to give you what you need to come out on the other side because he is persistent in his faithfulness to come alongside you and say, I've got your back. I'm right here with you. I got to see an image of God's persistent faithfulness when I looked back at my situation in the midst of my darkest days, bleeding in the front lawn of my dad's house, showing up to school with all my stuff in the car because I didn't have a house of my own. In the midst of all my fear, I got to see it through some people around me. You too can see the persistent faithfulness of God and people around you, and you don't have to look very hard. Even if you had a broken family like mine, or, or even if your family, your parents are that example of faithfulness, P- praise God for that, but you don't have to look far. It could be your parents. It's gonna be some people here at church Volunteers that show up every week to tell you, hey, we care about you, and so does God. Pastor Caleb, Chris, you can see an image, a reflection of God's unwavering 100% faithfulness. You can see an image, a reflection of that faithfulness in people around you, and you don't have to look very far. For, For me in my life, there were two great men that showed that to me. The first was my small group leader, who then became the youth pastor. His name was Mike Elliott. I think I have a picture of him. Yeah, that guy. He is so awesome. I love that guy so much because he showed me through everything that was going on in my life, through all of my trials, he came alongside me, said, hey, I care about you. I'm right here by your side as we go through this. Can't tell you how many conversations we had over milkshakes at Chick-fil-A. Might be why he has diabetes now. But he came alongside me. He showed me a reflection of God's faithfulness and the way that he was faithful in my life. I started to understand how God was a good, good father, not because Mike replaced my dad, but because he was obedient to what God told him to do, to come alongside to be that reflection. The, the second man, his name is Jonathan Harper, and he was one of my very best friends, so much so in September, I get to be the best man at his wedding. He's getting married, yay. I love this guy. He was my friend in high school. He knew my story. He knew what was going on, that. Sometimes I didn't have a place to sleep, even though my parents tried to be the best parents they knew how to be. He saw my brokenness. He talked to his family and he told me, hey, we have an extra couch. Whenever you need it for as long as you need it, there is a place for you here by my side. 
He showed me that reflection of God's relentless faithfulness. He even had an extra desk up in his attic and he took it down himself to the basement, put it next to the desk where he did his homework, played games, did whatever, and put an extra desk right next to his. A physical reminder of him telling me, hey, there's a place for you right by my side. You can find those people in your life and that's part of my challenge to you. My challenge is look for those people that are a reflection of God's faithfulness in your life. Look for those people in the midst of your fear, see a reflection of God's faithfulness. Second is kind of like it to this challenge is be that kind of person. Be that kind of person that says, I'm right by your side. I know what you're going through and I may not be able to do anything about it, but I'm gonna be right there by your side through the whole thing. Be that kind of person. And third in this challenge is spilling tea. Share your testimony. Now I know when I say that, if you're like me, when I heard my youth pastor tell me to go and share my testimony, it was immediately, I went to a place of fear. I don't know how to do that. I'm nervous. I don't know what to say. But know this, it's not about what you say. It's not about your words. We just need to be obedient to God and share. This is who God is. This is what he's doing in my life. And this is what he can do in your life too. Find people that are a reflection of God's relentless faithfulness. Be that kind of person. And then go tell someone about it. If you would please bow your heads and pray with me as we go to our Father in heaven. Dear God, I thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given me to speak here tonight. God, I pray that tonight can be for your glory and your honor. Dear God, I pray for these students, they will remember your relentless faithfulness in their lives. God, I pray that as we move on tonight, we won't forget that. And God, as we move on back into our lives the rest of the summer, as we go to school, that we can never forget, even in the midst of our fearfulness, that you are persistent in your faithfulness. And God, that we would have the courage to go tell someone about it. I thank you for everything that you've done for us, sending your son to die on the cross. And it's in that name that we pray tonight. Amen. Amen.